All right, Wiz Kids, welcome to another edition of Off the Bench, our playoff edition. Uh, this is, I guess, our fourth podcast of the playoffs, but we are at an undisclosed location. In, in Jamoke's room. In, in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> as we get ready for game three between the Wizards and Hawks in the first round of the Eastern Conference uh, playoff matchup between these two teams. Uh, but before we get to basketball, Chris Miller came in here and immediately was salty about the food and the price of the food and the quantity of what he received for that price. So let's talk road life first, Chris. Break it down. All right, this is where I'm upset. Chris okay. Miller is a guest on the show. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. That's let me right. make That's let right. me make an. Are you doing a formal introduction? I do a, a formal introduction to say that joining us, Zach Rosen, his first road trip. Jeremy whoa, whoa, Hyman's whoa. Not on my here, first road trip. a first playoff, playoff road, road trip. trip. Jeremy Hyman, of course, is here. And then Chris Miller from Comcast Sportsnet is joining us. We are pleased to have you here. Okay, now go into it. All right, this is where I'm bitter. <laughs> so when you're on the road, you know, you check into your room and you go in and, you know, they got snacks. Okay, and the brother likes snacks. <laughs> the brother likes snacks. But I'm bitter here because I'm sitting here eating these Oreos and I'm looking at it and its net weight is 2.4 ounces, which technically means jeremy there are six oreos <laughs> in here and it's six bucks six dollars a dollar then an oreo i go to the small canister of pringles okay it says it's 1.3 ounces zach how many do you think are in there about nine and a half about nine and a half right <laughs> yeah. this is like three dollars i'm bitter you What's know why i'm bitter yeah yeah I got both of them, and I'm eating that's both of them as we're doing this podcast. But I'm bitter how much it costs. It's crazy. Five-star hotels, five-star prices. That might be playoff prices, too. That's right. Yes, yes. That's, that's okay. an Ed Tapscott line. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, though, guys. It's going to be fun. Yes, it Thanks. will be fun. Um, we, we, really, we really enjoy doing this, and I feel like it's a time we can kind of chill out and and a little bit different obviously chris you being on camera too you know how like on camera you kind of do say one thing do something a little different and you have a short amount of time yeah. now we can just kind of go and that's what i love about this that's what's up. um continue with the road life zach you're the rookie for the playoffs here um what has been your observations of just this life and what are your expectations for this uh we'll be here for four days it's it isn't exactly what people think it is, but it, it's pretty close. There's a lot of uh, chilling time, which I think really helps the guys when they're going from hotel to hotel on a longer road trip. But this one will be really nice because you're staying in one place for three, four days. There's two games. You're you can playing the same team. You can you hang can, up your shirts. You stuff. can hang up your shirts. You can do a little <laughs> ironing. I know Jamoke likes a, a nice iron oh, job. Yeah, oh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, No, it's, it's going to be good. I think our guys are in a great place, too. I know we're in a great place. We're relaxing. It's the weekend also, even though we got to work. But who who would want it any other way than playoff basketball? Jeremy, you'd like to go to places where there are casinos. <laughs> He's the king no of Cleveland. <laughs> Jeremy's the king of Cleveland. That's, that's a lot of, <laughs> they know him. A lot of inside intel. <laughs> inside baseball. You want me to cut that out? No, no, that's fine. As long so as what are you going to do here? Atlanta's one of my favorite spots. I oh, like really? Atlanta a lot. You know, I got a lot of people in Atlanta. I uh, got to go say hello to. Um, but this, this is uh, this is really the you know, what the, the the good thing about playoffs is that you do get to come to the cities for a few days, which yeah. is so rare during our regular season trips that you just don't get to 
you know, you don't really get any time you to unpack. It's sort of just like, you know, hotel, city, you know, next city, bus, plane, hotel. You go one to one, one day, one city. Except when uh, we were in L.A., that was yeah. like the first time in a while that I can remember where we literally got there. What did we get there, like early Saturday morning? Because we so, played Cleveland. Uh, or yeah, so, early Sunday yeah. morning. Sunday morning? We got there, yeah, overnight, and then we were there till Thursday morning. So like Thursday, wow. and then we yeah. flew to Salt Lake City, which we, we couldn't get out of there fast <laughs> enough. And then we ended up going to San Fran, and we were able yeah. to un- unpack for a couple of days in San Fran. But the L.A. trip was crazy, man. Like, we yep. played Cleveland that, what was that, Saturday night? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was yeah. A and then night, flew Cleveland. straight out like right yeah. afterwards. So we actually technically, when we get into LA, Jeremy, about one thirty LA time. Yep, just just early enough to still hit that LA nightlife. Yeah, which Chris Miller's a big big fan of that LA nightlife. So you got me out LA here. Nightlife. I told you about putting me out here in these streets <laughs> like that after the casino. The casino, <laughs> no, Chris. Yeah. Good thing you guys don't don't have anything uh, on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, we will after this trip. <laughs> we in Atlanta for four days. <laughs> Zach's not gonna show up a shoot around. Where you been, Zach? Yeah, but it, it's playoff time, which means this is a real business trip. Yeah, it's business. all business, business now. This is serious business, and the Wizards are here to take care of business for uh, may possibly another first round sweep, like they did the last time they were in the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, just reversing. You know, the home and road splits were obviously the other way with the Wizards being the five seed but I think that they come in here really confident that they know that they can beat this Hawks team I think they know they're the better team that's was obvious in the regular season I think it's to me it's been pretty clear during these first two games Um, but you go into another team's arena they're going to be all fired up home crowd their first playoff game here of the season and you never know you know you change venues how things can change and playoff series can change with one one little thing so you can never give a team confidence and never let a team get going because all of a sudden the hawks you know they win a game they win two games here and then all of a sudden they feel like they can take come back win the series and come back into your place and win so you always want to you can't go in there thinking you know we're up 2-0 let's just try to go get a game basically you know take it as well yeah. We're, we have our cushion we can go you can't have that mentality so you got to go in you know almost like Jeremy's you're down o- down o two, and pretend you know game three treat it as you yeah. you got to come out and win that game it was funny Whit used to talk about that when we were in the playoffs those first you know those two two years in a row yep about being the greedy team be the hungrier team be greedy you know like let's go in here and one of the famous quotes, you know, from the Toronto series was, you know, Wizards won games one and two in Toronto. And Paul was like, we're not bringing our passports back. You know, his mindset was, I'm not, I'm not trying to come back. You know, so he was like, you know, let's be this greedy team. We'll go get both of them. And one thing that I said um, on camera today for CSN was at the end of uh, the segment, Jay Michael and I did, I said, the real key for me tomorrow night will be, or game three, is wall and beal literally setting the tone normally great players would like to get their teammates involved early yeah i want to see wall and beal be like first 12 minutes we're gonna set the tone let's get brad his three-point shot going i'm attacking i'm gonna get to the free throw line if you're wall and let's just put it in their mind right away don't give them any like any type of feeling where they like you know we can get this game you know the crowd's behind us take the crowd out of it early mm-hmm. and so in taking the crowd out of it early, you talk about Wall and Beal. Let's look – if you look at game two, what did you see out of Wall and Beal? I mean, the 
fifth time in franchise history that yeah. two players both scored over 30 points. I feel like they're getting that, right? They're understanding that, hey, we got to take the lead on this. Well, John has been amazing. I mean, literally upping up, upping his points, upping the assists, low turnovers. Um, scoring 32 points in the first two games is just indicative of where he's taking his game. The fact that Brad, I think, is shooting 26% from three, 28% somewhere around there, and he's still averaging, what, 26 a game? I mean, that's ridiculous that he's been able to figure out the game, get his points, and still not hitting the shots like he wants to. Now, he had that big-time three in game two. was huge. But I think what you're seeing is the Wizards have beaten the Hawks in the first two games by them not even playing their best game yet. I'm talking about a total team game. Yeah. The bench has been up and down. There hasn't been any Mahimi. Mm-hmm. Otto hasn't hit his shots yet. Gortat's been really good defensively. Marquise was in and out of the lineup in game two. So they withstood all of that drama going into it, all the foul calling. And I even looked to see who the referee and crew was in yeah. game two because I wanted to see what kind of tone would be set. And you saw right away that Keith got those two fouls early, and you're like, oh, it's one go. of those games. Here we go, right. Here no we MMA. go. But the beauty of that is what a tough-minded team to deal with that and say, okay, cool, and still beat them. And I love the fact that Scott Brooks got a technical. Now, he'll never say publicly, hey, listen, I did that to set a tone. But think about what that did. For him to get a technical, it put the onus on the referees. Like, look, man, we're not getting – our due respect and the Wizards all year long has been a team that has been felt felt like they've been disrespected yeah but a mentally tough win in game two was huge because they felt like it was eight against five speaking of disrespected whenever I watch a a promo for NBA playoffs or just NBA in general I always look to see if (laughs) there's a wall or even a BL in some of them but in these new promos a lot of wall wall. This, there's, a, there's a good amount of Wizards yeah. that now maybe they are respecting and understanding. Maybe after that Cleveland game, they were like, oh, this team is for real. <sighs> They're foreshadowing. They them. Foreshadowing. Yeah. They know who's who's likely to be playing deep into May. And I think that's – that. I don't – I mean, unbiased, I think the Wizards to me are, are in a good spot to, to make the conference finals. I don't think that's, you know, a homer comment. I think – I don't know what the you know the Vegas odds are, but the Wizards are. The, I think there's the Wizards. You know be, what the uh, Vegas odds are. Don't <laughs> act like you don't know what the Vegas odds like, are. Like six to one or Ridiculous. something. How you gonna sit here and lie on this podcast <laughs> like this? I, I don't know I'm what not. The Vegas odds, uh, man. You know, I'm just a poker player. I'm not a betting, <laughs> not a betting man. But um, but we no. I think getting on to Chris's point, we saw that game two win. They not only they didn't play their best, but they withstood a lot of fouls and a lot of guys in foul trouble and they had to go to their bench you know an already thin bench with Mahimi out and they had to mix and match to find ways and to come back in that fourth quarter when they were losing or in that fourth quarter they came out and they had to you know they had to take it to them and show that they were the better team which I think we've seen that John and Brad in the crunch time minutes have shown that they're the best two players on the court I don't think that's even very close and I think that the two of them being the best two players. And that's usually what it takes in the playoffs. It's who has the best players. And I think the Wizards have clearly the best two players in this series, and that showed in game two. And that we'll see how things are officiated in games three and four here in Atlanta. 
I mean, I certainly didn't feel like the Wizards were at got any kind of home court calls, you know, advantage getting calls at home. Yeah. I mean, there there were that game took almost three hours on the Caps just almost finished before them starting at the same time. Yeah. I think it was was that a, was baseball yeah, fans was, were like, man, that was a long, long game. game. Yeah. Was oh a long my game. god, <laughs> that game. The second it got by the fourth time the fourth quarter came, it actually it could have gone longer, but I thought they, you know, there was less whistles there late yeah, in, the in the fourth, fourth quarter yeah. but the second and third quarters i mean it was every single possession I, I, free throws for oh my gosh i couldn't three free throw attempts for the wizards yeah it, it's just it's so i know how frustrating that must be as a player to be on the court just going no down rhythm. You can't no, rhythm. no rhythm and as a fan of basketball and anyone watching it's just so brutal every time i mean some of them i certainly didn't feel like they needed to call some of those yeah. t- uh you know, I don't want to call them touch fouls or, you know, a guy drives to the basket. There's a little bit of contact. I mean, well, the Ubre foul that they called when oh, Torian oh Prince gosh. actually like dove. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he actually jumped over Ubre and they yeah. called Ubre for the foul. I was like, what is that? There was yeah. I was upstairs saying I was like, if you called the foul would have been on the re- on the first reach in. Right. And when you didn't call that. Then that's just he just fell now. Out. I will be let's be fair and balanced here. Ooh, <laughs> weird phrase there. Game one, I thought one of the, th- the biggest no calls I've never seen in the playoffs was when Keith dove on Millsap to oh, get the ball, yeah. and then it seemed like three other Wizards players jumped on Millsap. It kind of reminded me of back in the day. I'm a huge wrestling fan when Andre the Giant lost, and they put like 12 people on top of him to pin him. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like one of those. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's there's nothing here? Nothing to see? Yeah, and I, That's why Paul Millsap got so mad. Right, right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's been – you know, obviously the home fans would boo when the calls went against them, yeah. but I'm not going to say sit here and say all the calls went against the Wizards or like it. I don't think it was all one sided. Like it was unfairly called. It was just so many calls, really on both sides. It just was such a slow, choppy game. That to me, that's just not a. It's not a fun game to watch, and it just really takes everything out of out of the game. I, I always like when they let them play, and you just get into a real flow. It's kind of how the yeah. fourth quarter went when you get up and down. And I think that's that certainly favors the Wizards to play that style and you know not not getting to the line as much. Yeah, um, Zach. Zach, you mentioned in your story on WashingtonWizards.com talking about the Wizards overcame foul trouble and the bench is what helped save them. Talk it about was, your thoughts. Yeah, on the I thought it was the bench's defense of all things, which hasn't been that strong. You know, there were many instances in which the defense was not great, but I thought Jason Smith stepped up and played the five. He he grabbed a lot of rebounds, but he. He understands how to defend Muscala because that's kind of how he plays, and he understands how to play Millsap because he also plays the four. So that was great. I thought Bogdanovich had one of his best defensive games of the season. Kind of helps that he's chasing around guys like Dunleavy and Cephalosha, but, I mean, he played well. And then Brandon Jennings in that three-minute stretch drained three-step step backs, had that pass to Jason Smith for the slam that basically was like the moment when you're like, all right, the Wizards are going to win this game, no doubt. Uh, but they stepped it up. I was just going to add about the fouls is that mm-hmm. the Hawks, it seemed like every time they went to the rim that they were scoring, and then I looked at the numbers, they have gotten a point on 90% of their drives so far in the first two games, which, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at that, but That's it's just – but, yeah, it, and the Wizards was like 63. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of it had to do with fouls because they're drawing the most fouls per, you know, per drive, and it – it's going to balance itself out, but um, 
it's pretty crazy to look at that, and it and it also shows you how terrible they're shooting from outside, which is a credit to the Wizards' D. Yeah, what Chris? What are you? What are your thoughts? You know, you already talked a little bit about how Wall and Beal have to come out uh, right from the jump in Game Three. How do you think Atlanta will try to attack Washington and their ability to try to at least win one game in the series? The strangest thing that happened in Game Two was I thought early on they tried to get Dwight Howard involved, and he mm-hmm. got a couple got mm-hmm. a couple buckets. I was yep. like. Uh-oh. And then he started getting swatted. That was the adjustment that Atlanta made. Okay, Howard, now it's a physical game. And then he got swatted. <laughs> Three and times in the first. he got disengaged. Mm-hmm. And it's – it's this is going to sound weird, but this is sad to see a guy who just a couple of years ago was a dominant player yeah. in this league. And now – when he left Orlando, and I have a buddy that works down there in Orlando, and he's like, man, I don't know if the Kobe thing will work, but clearly it didn't. He goes to Houston. He had some issues there with Harden. Now he's in his hometown. I think this is the last straw for him, and yeah. it's hard because I'm a fan of dominant players. I like watching a guy take over a game, and for him, those days are over. Yeah. And March, to his credit – has Jedi mind tricked him and everybody around. Here's what no one's talking about. Who has the best intel on Dwight Howard? We, we, funny thing is, did that's you, what we said you, on our first yeah. podcast, the first playoff one was talking about how you guys are talking played about, under Dwight. March yeah. has the best intel of anybody that's he going was, up in Yeah, when he was in his peak, too. When he was at yeah. his best. <laughs> and now that he is not at his best, we're seeing little brother, I don't know if I can use this language on your podcast. <laughs> Little brother is all up in big brother's behind right now, <laughs> owning him. Or the student has taken over for the teacher. The mm. apprentice is now the Jedi. Whatever you want to yeah. use. March has now taken that mantle, at least in the first two games. But, you know, I'll ask you guys. Do you guys see, like, Dwight being a factor no, this, in this series? I mean, No, I'm, he was benched no. in the fourth quarter, too. Yeah. They put Paul Millsap at the five. Who said after the game, well, they have a better small lineup, so that's why they went to it, which I don't know if I agree with because the Wizards' small lineup was like top three in the NBA this season. Right. So it's hard to, hard to agree with him, but he was literally benched. And I, I remember being in Orlando at a game. This is before I was a Wizards employee as a fan, watching Dwight Howard in person, you know, in his prime. And I remember thinking, this guy is a monster. I mean, this guy... He looked like a man child the way how he would rebound and and basically own the set, the paint and own those you know the middle of the the floor out there it, it was it was so dominant that I I mean I couldn't believe almost what I was seeing cuz I was you know sitting close and just was watching it and I just couldn't believe how big and forceful he was and he's he's just not even close to that player anymore. And that's, that's been pretty obvious. We're not really breaking news with that. That's been fairly obvious over the last few years. You know, a lot of injuries. I know he's had a couple surgeries and he, or he's had he's some back, back and, knee, and he's had a couple stuff. knees. Yeah. Um, so that you can see that his body is taking a toll. He's, uh, is he 32 now? Hmm. Yeah. Or, 33. Yeah. Around there now. Yeah. You know, he's getting up. I know it's not old, but he's been in the league since he was 18. 18. So it's it's a lot of minutes on it, on him, and it's just not the it's same guy. It's hard to watch though, because you're like, yeah. you remember, like you were saying, you being in Orlando, you remember that guy 
getting 25 and 20 rebounds. Oh, man. You remember him in the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland the year that they went to the finals and just how much he was the dominant force, and they just basically surrounded him with shooters because he was just so dominant. And those days are over. Jamoke, one thing that I want to watch for Game 3 also in terms of like maybe an adjustment for the Wizards is Markeith Morris actually playing the five when they go to that five unit. Mm -hmm. They've had Jason Smith do it a little bit here, but when Millsap goes to the five, if Keith can stay out of foul trouble, I want to see him just basically just, I guess you would bracket him like the entire game. I'd be interested to see if we can get Millsap in foul trouble in Atlanta and see then what the adjustment is, because I think it's only a two horse race in Atlanta. I think it's Schroeder and it's Millsap. And if you get one of those two in foul trouble, they could get blown out. Yeah. Because I just don't see mm-hmm. Calderon being that guy at the point guard position. I don't see name a guy Bays, coming off the bench. Hardaway, Bays. Yeah, I, I just don't see another one of those guys stepping up and putting up the kind of numbers that uh, that Millsap has put up. And also, what Schre- Schroeder's done a really good job. Man, you yeah, got yeah. as much as John has played well. Schroeder's played pretty good too, yeah. getting to the paint. Although John did remind him. Listen, that John was like, "Don't do that, boy." John Wall has matured so much. I think, like his rookie or second year, he'd probably put his hands on him because he he almost undercut him on that dunk. And and of course, John is remembering, you know, Teague here in in Atlanta, Atlanta, five displaced fractures on my wrist. You know, he's remembering this going, and that's why he was like, "Don't do that." Yeah, it's just it's just not worth it. And I'm just like, why would he even think? that that would be a good idea but remember this is the same joker that said when john came back from the five displaced fractures in his hand hit him in the hand told his teammates hit him in the hand mm-hmm. so that's kind of just dirty poo man come yeah. on you're bit maybe you're not better than that but there's no, no reason for that. Better than that and breaking news out of boston unrelated to the wizards but gerald green will be in the Celtics starting lineup tonight wow green big, for who big news crowder I believe, uh, yeah i believe at the at the three. Oh, oh no, he's replacing what? Amir Johnson. Oh, they're going the small. Yeah, oh, yeah, at the four. Small lineup. Yeah, so. Is uh, it still over, considering the news on Rondo? I, I don't think that series is over now. I, no. I When they lost game two and the way they – the Bulls have looked like a Well, it's time now for your boy – Michael, Michael, Michael Carter, Carter Williams, Williams like, now. What the, what? Your boy. It's time your, your boy, your boy Jerry, and, Jerry and starting. Uh, we'll get the start there. One to math. DC, DC zone, Jerry. One, one to math in the so, building. Okay, but is this the math. Do you yes, want to go to the yes. math? I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> Mark Hill Fultz will be the number one pick in the draft in June. One Whoa, to math. Breaking news. <laughs> Uh, but no, but I think I think that series now with Rondo out is wide open again because that's a big the way he was playing and controlling that series really yeah. looked like old Rondo. I think that series is open. Stuff we didn't think we'd say in 2017. <laughs> I mean, the Celtics the have to Rondo. win their game three Friday night. It's too hard to fall down 3-0 to come back for and yeah. beat a team four straight. But you know, the Celtics win game three oh all God. of a sudden. I think yeah. it's a series again. Gerald so. Green's last start was in 2007 for the Celtics. Wow. Yeah. You know what, though? He still got bounce. He does. Yeah. He I still got bounce. Dunk. 
He still has yeah. got some some bunnies. I'd love to see him dunk. I wish he was still in the dunk. Speaking of bunnies, did you guys see Vince the other night? Yeah, <sighs> still got it. Listen, 40 years old. 40. Doing it. But, doing it. You know, that brings up a good point, though. Vince is a good example of a guy who adapted his game to his age and his, his athleticism. Yeah. Dwight did, never became a shooter. Yep. He didn't adapt. Never really he, had he a never post, worked go-to on, post move. Right? He, he cannot score. Unless he's they three feet bring, around the rim. Didn't they try to bring in Patrick Ewing to help him in Orlando? Before he's he worked left, with right? Akeem. He's worked with, with Patrick. Um, I will say he can still rebound with the best of them, but he's not a shot blocker. That's the thing, because that was the next thing I was going to uh, say. I, I don't think he can rebound like he used to. And I saw Gortat out muscling him and out positioning and, and getting, you know, basically out athleticism yeah. sizing him. If that's a good a word, one. but I like he, that. I mean, Gortat, I, you I know, whether he's I hear making up words, whether he's balls out, they can put that in there real quick. <laughs> I mean, Gortat looks like the more athletic guy, the way he's tapping balls out and getting in well, better he definitely position. Is. And, uh, I saw it on a one possession. I remember it happened twice on the same possession. And then I think Dwight picked up a foul and he looked really frustrated, but, uh, March March has done a really good job in this series. And is yeah. there a better money play for the Washington Wizards than John drive marching layup dunk? It's a bounce pass or a lob, whatever. Every it is. time, it's money every time almost. Yeah, that's well, cool. that's why John has said for the last couple of years, March, your bread is buttered yeah. on rim runs, <laughs> dive, and pick and roll, dive, dive to dive. the dive. You're not, you're not, All, you're not popping for these fifteen footers. <laughs> yes, listen, let Jason Smith do that. Stop, listen, big fella, run, <laughs> run. But yeah, set an ice cream. I think I think March has been the the unsung hero in total. In the two games, I think Markeith was huge in game one, of course. Mm -hmm. But if you're playing, you know, you're looking at all 96 minutes, I would say that March, he's really stood out to me. And then Beal in the fourth quarter has been money. Mm -hmm. As much as he struggled, he had 16 in the fourth in game two, uh, six and nine shooting. I mean, what else can you, what else more can you ask for? Yeah. He has a history of doing this against the Hawks. You guys might remember a couple years ago. He averaged twenty five and seven assists against yeah. the Hawks in the second 21 round. Twenty one year old and Bradley Beal. <laughs> people don't realize this. Like, and he was guarding Cal Corver, mm-hmm. right? And John was out, right? So he did a lot in that series. And for me, and I've told him this, I think that's where he made his money. Yeah, I think that's where management, whoever, realized, oh, he's a money player because your best player is out, and he kept them not only afloat. But his numbers just elevated. He became more of a facilitator, and he scored, and he defended. Yeah. I mean, he was such a triple threat in that series. You're just like, man. And like you said, 21 years old. Yeah. A lot of people keep talking about like this Buddy Hill guy when he came in. I'm like, listen, Buddy Hill is older than Brad. Brad's been <laughs> in the league this long. Look at him. Check the resume, folks, okay? Bradley Beal is serious. First of all, should have been an all-star. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, but he is a superstar. I got into it. You know how people are on Twitter. You know, they want to go at you. I said he was the best two guard in the East. I said this months ago. And people were like, DeRozan, DeRozan. I'm like, listen to this. I do know this. 0 for 8 last night. Bradley Beal ain't going 0 for 8. Yeah, he only had 8 free eight, throws. Eight, eight free throws. throws. I'm just going to call it here. This has nothing to do with Chris, but I told you, watch out for the Bucks a few weeks ago on this podcast. That's a good look. Mm-hmm. I think Toronto's in trouble. 
Yeah, I think they're in real trouble. Well, you this, think about it, they should be down actually 3 0. That could game be, two yeah. is really close. But. It could yeah. be. And this isn't the first time that we've seen the Raptors struggle like this in the yeah. postseason. There, there's some. What was issues. the other time? I don't remember. What was the other time? This is not even when the Wizards beat them. But I don't I remember that. When was that? Did they, did oh. they get, did oh, they get you, swept? You, you remember oh, it well. Oh, was, you, was that the passport series? Yeah, that's, oh, when yeah. I, that's when I first brought out my bow ties. That was my thing. Was, was Big day. And they swept Toronto. I was like, this bow Great. I know it don't matter a lick. No, no. It, it, whatever it takes but, to keep yes, winning. I was like, this is I do, Let me ask you guys a real quick question about Giannis. Patrick Reese, one of the PR guys, Jackie Miles, and uh, our, our version of Suge Knight had an argument before <laughs> we got on Knight. the plane oh, today. Uh, this would have been a good one. So we got in an argument this morning before we got on the plane to get out here in Atlanta. Patrick and I contend that in five years – Giannis Atetokounmpo will be the best player in the league. Oh he's 22. God. So I'm saying by the time he's 27, if everything forecasts the way it is, there's no, no hiccups, he'll be the best player in the league. What say you guys? Sooner. So, sooner than five years? Probably three, three, four. I mean, once he learns how to shoot. I just don't know if he's going to be. Yeah. A, he has to become a really good shooter to become the best player in the league. That I makes think sense. But Le, be LeBron couldn't. Only, LeBron couldn't shoot that great in his first couple of years, and we probably would have said he was the best player. Only because most of his points are all at the rim. Just I think so if the Bucks isoed him just, half the time, he'd have fifty points some th- some nights. Yeah. yeah, I when I watched Giannis in that game against the Wizards when they blew the Wizards out oh in my December, God. I remember saying, "Was that when he was chasing?" 40? Yeah. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah, that game. But I remember seeing Little some plays in that jerk. game. Jerk. And I was thinking, this guy, this is a future MVP when I was watching him. And I've said the same thing about Carl Anthony Towns when I've said this oh, is man. also a future MVP. Yeah. I think those two guys are both going to be MVPs at some point in the next 10 years. I don't know, you know, who knows what the league's going to look like. But those are the two guys to me that are the most athletic the most freakish, unbelievable players to watch, the young guys right now that are kind of emerging into superstardom. Well, you think yeah. about it with Giannis, but, too. If or Let's just say the Bucks played the Wizards mm-hmm. in the first round. Giannis could guard John, Brad, Otto, mm-hmm. Keith. That's probably it, right? I don't know. He's been he guarding. Could, he's been guarding Ibaka. Could he, could he guard... Could he guard March? Not marching, but I feel like you maybe could put they him wouldn't on. waste him either. No, but you could that. put him on a Jason's. Jason yeah. Smith. So we're talking yeah. about legit. He could guard anyone. Le- legit, I mean, he, he could, could guard, guard four positions, possibly five, depending on who that five man yeah, is. That's the most underrated part of his game. That's scary. And by the way, that dunk he had in Toronto where he didn't even jump and. <laughs> Who is this Stretch Armstrong Joker? <laughs> this is the first time in a long time that I feel like I really enjoyed just watching the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Like every game has just been great outside of what happened with it with his sister i feel like it's just the matchups have been exciting we talked about it uh, in our first podcast just about i'm really looking forward to just seeing it and Giannis is growing up before our eyes i mean i feel like like you said carl anthony towns i mean i, I would have loved to see what ben simmons is gonna be if he is i think something. he's very limited and the one year that i saw him at lsu there are a lot of things that went on. Clearly, the guys you know didn't show him any love, but he is a six nine six ten facilitator. Yeah. Can't shoot. He rebounds pretty good. Doesn't defend. 
And that's why I'm kind of like, uh, Giannis? Like, the one thing that we're saying about him is, hey, maybe you can get him a couple ISOs and then have him shoot a little bit. But there's nothing else. He brings the ball And mm-hmm. he's got an edge to him. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan wants to physically accost this dude <laughs> because he is constantly <laughs> doing things and saying things. The Wizards wanted to put their hands on him during the regular season because he just does these things that get on your nerves. And he's so freakishly athletic. Yeah. I'm what? I'm glad we're playing the Hawks, man. Yeah. That, that would have that been a no, tough that's, that's, series. Yes, that's what I'm yes. saying. Oh, we yes. said this weeks ago. We, said, we did. Like, we were uh-uh, no, no Milwaukee. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I was well, definitely. And everyone didn't want to go to Milwaukee. So. And that's, that was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, we're burying the lead. We it is my hometown, but I understood. We don't need Laverta Shirley or anything. No Potawatomi trips for me. Yeah, we'll save our money on this trip a little bit. Yeah. Well, I got so I got one question for you guys that I noticed in the first two games that had to do with foul trouble. Do you think that Scott will continue to stagger Wall and Beal as it has turned out because of foul trouble? Where yeah. Beal actually started the second quarter in game two, yeah, and then Wall John and came in. Yeah, and then in the fourth quarter in both games, Beal has played the full fourth. I think that was Which a is, necessity of fouls, but mm-hmm. he didn't do it in the regular season. How many chips yeah. are you that you only got like two left? I got. I got yeah. like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like nine. <laughs> Sorry to go I'm off eating topic. them slow because I want to. <laughs> I want to be able to savor because when I go to the counter and pay for this, I'm gonna be like, I pay seventy eight dollars for some chips and six <laughs> Oreos. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think like the wall bill dynamic when they both can handle and facilitate your offense is a real luxury to have, and then kind of like maybe putting Beal with the second unit. Kind of reminds me of the days when Pippen and Jordan played together and Pippen would play with a second unit and there was really no, you know, you still had a facilitator, a scorer, a defender, and all that other stuff. Well, I'm not calling Wall and Beal Pippen and Jordan, but I do like the fact that one of them can play with the second unit yeah. and you're not losing flow. Yeah. Because I think when you, when you have like Jennings, Bogdanovich, or Jennings and, you know, maybe Porter playing with the second unit, you still don't have really that threat. Mm-hmm. And I think mixing Wall and Beal with the second unit, you always have somebody yeah. that can get you a bucket. And that's like you were in a USA basketball shirt. It reminded me, what was that, three years ago when Beal was playing USA basketball? And he was surprised. He was like, yeah, I played more point guard than I thought I would play. But, I mean, they really feel confident when the ball is in yeah. Beal's hand to, to run the offense and be able to be that scorer. And I know that that's why – running with the second unit helps Scott be able to be a little more flexible. Um, Wall, tallied 32 points in both game one and two of the playoff series. Only other player in team history to score 30 or more points in consecutive playoff wins was Elvin Hayes in 1975. Are we seeing just like history being made in front of our eyes? I mean, I think we all feel that since John's going to be in a wizard uniform, hopefully nearly his whole career, that, and what he's doing right now, I, I mean, I think he's going to go down as a, a legend in the franchise. I mean, I know he calls Phil Chenier legend, but, legend. you know, there's going to be youngins calling him legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it comes down to winning, which I think there, there's still a lot of winning ahead. But uh, Can John, I tell you guys something about John, though, that I want to – I kind of like him when he feels disrespected. I don't know what he's going to be like once he gets all of this mm-hmm. praise and 
everyone calling him this and that, best point guard in the league. I've known him for so long, and I've known from so long being felt like he was being disrespected, that he has used that as fuel. I don't know what it's going to be like in a world where he walks around D.C. or he walks at the All-Star game and people flock to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because his story is a story of struggle, struggle, scratch, fight, claw, disrespect, bop, 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 this what fuels me. What happens today when he is on mm-hmm. every billboard, every commercial, all this other stuff? I think he still will have the drive and the passion to still be the greatest, but what makes him that right now mm-hmm. is the fact that nobody knows him outside of our community. Mm-hmm. And he's a four-time All-Star. And the best part about John Wall's trait as a basketball player is when you look and see how many guys he's gotten paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's that for sure. tells you how great of a player you are because when mm-hmm. those guys come back to the arena yeah. and at the end of that game, <laughs> they go over and hug him because he has made a lot of players and a lot of people in the NBA a lot of money for somebody that's very disrespected. Yeah. I mean, even the fact that he's not the selfish point guard or just a shoot first point guard. He says, I love – he gets – more satisfaction out of assists than he does points, but he still has to be the leader. And I think that's another trait that makes him great is the fact that he's not just playing basketball, but as you talk to him for long, he's always been a student of the game. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can sit down with him and talk two hours, and he'll just talk basketball with you like a coach. Like a coach. He's going to be a coach someday, right? He knows all the high school kids that are coming out. He'll be telling me about uh, some high school kid. I'm like, who the hell is that? And then I go and look on YouTube. I'm like, oh, yeah, that kid's pretty good. I'm like, where do you have time? First of all, we all know he don't sleep. I've never met anybody that just – I mean, if he gets 20 minutes, he's good. The guy never sleeps, but he's always looking. And I think that, to his credit, that's smart because he's scouting. That's advanced scouting. Who's these new kids that are coming out? You could have a conversation with him tomorrow before the game and be like, who's the five best players that's coming out of the draft in June? And he'll tell you. (laughs) And he'll give you a scouting report on all of them. He knows. He watches. All he does is watch basketball. I mean, that's when he's not playing basketball, he's watching some kind of basketball. He he he's done that for years. He's known all these guys coming up and through. We've heard him talk about these guys as they come up. But remember when he was talking about Chris Dunn last year? Yeah, we were in Vegas, yeah. and everybody was waiting to see Chris Dunn play because there's some comparisons that you know with John size, speed, quickness, stuff like that. Guess who was sitting courtside when Chris Dunn played? John. <laughs> Rehabbing his knees, mm-hmm. took some time out of rehab, and sat there and watched because he knew that people were like comparing him, like, "Oh, this could be like a John Wall." Type. So John sat there and scouted him. Yeah, I can tell you this: he ain't, he ain't he John ain't, Wall. He ain't John Thank you. He ain't John Wall. Let's you guys, you guys, ways to go. Hey, chill, chill on that John chill Wall talk. Chill, but chill. I, I like it too because that's sort of the Wizards. The Wizards franchise is a, is the same type of story where they're. You know they're not. Yeah, I mean they're they're just. (laughs) Sure, you didn't say that out loud and into your microphone. (laughs) That's part of why, but why I love this story of now we'll see kind of him leading the Wizards because the Wizards are a team that's as a franchise have felt kind of disrespected. They haven't had a lot of success. They don't get a lot of the national recognition as a, you know, as their brand. They're not. 
the Celtics or the Lakers or the Bulls or one of these teams that are, you know, internationally known like some of these other teams. But I think now if this team can go into the conference finals this year and who knows if they can, I don't know if they're going to be able to get past Cleveland, but if they make that noise just to start building up that recognition, like you make it to the, like the second round is good with, which this team did two years in a row. But when you go to the conference finals, that's every other game, you know, Western conference, Eastern conference, everyone's watching you those games. The playoffs are big, are big, but each round it goes a little bit more, a little bit more. And then the conference finals, that's a big step because that's when it's not just all the basketball fans. I mean, everyone's watching the conference finals. If it's Cleveland, Washington conference finals, every game is pretty much must see television. It's you're getting the whole sports world watching you that night. And that's why then there's fans, you know, our, you know, sports heads all over chirping in and saying, wow, John Wall is maybe he really is this good. And we're like, where have you been? We've been watching this for years. (laughs) And even I've seen people tweet this series or like when they see John do something and they're like, wow, like Wall Wall's up there with the best. And we're like, we've been watching this for for years now. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we the team just doesn't have the same cachet as some other teams and john is still not at, at, not as respected as some of the other stars in the league yeah i got a question for you guys too uh, i got a tweet when i just got off the plane and, and saw it are they not selling those uh the military yeah. jerseys yeah yeah they are not they are not for sale i gotta i don't have all the details from oh the, man that would be great it has good man because that is it has That's something a to do cool with the, the switch over from Adidas and Nike. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you have to plan these things well in advance. So. Um, okay. And it's tough because realistically, we all know that the military jersey was pretty much because the players loved it. Right. And it was like, hey, let's make this well, our playoff jersey. Players and the fans and, and the, the fans. and the yeah, a lot of fans and podcasters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody. I, I, big fan. Pretty yeah, universally yeah. loved. I mean, even during the preseason, when they first saw the jersey and put it on for our shoot for commercials, they're like, "Yo, man, we really like this this jersey, man. This should be our John and Brad. Like, this right. should be our main jersey." I was like, "Yeah, I mean, it would be nice." And who knew? That right. we could just be able to make a phone call, whoever our marketing, you know, whoever in marketing made the phone call, say, hey, is this possible? The NBA give us permission. It is a beautiful jersey. Uh, real quick, playing off of that Cleveland thing that you said, one of my closest friends live in Cleveland. You know how guys I spent a few years in, just a few, few years in Northeast Ohio. They're worried about the Wizards. <laughs> no, listen, that really is the one team that they don't want to face. Wow. Because – all you have to do is go back and look at the game where LeBron hit the luck shot, right? Yeah. Goes in. Kyrie closed. To his credit, overtime he closed. That was what was deemed the respect game mm-hmm. where guys in the Wizards locker room was like, Cavalier players came up to us afterwards was like, <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> it was the respect game. Then the Wizards started that last road trip mm-hmm. and thumped them. Mm-hmm. Everyone was accounted for in that game, mm-hmm. and they thumped them. They know that the Wizards don't sweat them, yeah. And that to me is psychological warfare at its best. When you know that a guy like Wall and Beal really don't sweat you, like, yeah, that's LeBron, cool, yeah, we like, but we're ready to compete. Yeah, they don't want to see the Wizards. They I, really don't. I think and that's I'm, fair. I'm not trying to get fans like uber excited about. Ooh, let's. Take care of the yeah, Hawks first, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 
but if that if it could get to that point at a time once but yeah you're right they they don't want to see that yeah and plus i'm gonna get it going on the whole conspiracy theory on lebron and calls and I already started that about <laughs> started that. about the three years Yo, of the playoffs. That Indiana when the, game, I turned on that Indiana game, and I was like, "Oh snap, Indiana! They are crushing!" Them. And blew a twenty-six point lead. I'm like, "You <laughs> gotta be kidding yeah. me!" No, no, I don't. I don't even think next round. I don't. Who, if it's Milwaukee or Toronto, I don't think they're gonna give Cleveland too much. Too but much of yacht, a sweat. But this will be no. the next stage. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee like, has they, the Bucks I'm have here. Played, yeah. the, the Bucks have played the Cavs really well in the past three years or so. So they're not scared of them. But that's because the Bucks aren't really scared of well, anyone. They got Delhi too. Oh, yeah. that's that's oh, going to be the they real story. They got Delhi Vadova, who's going to be all up in Kyrie. See the missing piece. <laughs> Revenge game. I know intel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're in Atlanta for four days as we come to a close of this podcast. Let's have a little fun with what to, what to do in Atlanta. Your favorite? Well, first, favorite city is this your fa- one of your favorite cities uh, to live in? If you can give like your top three cities and what to do in Atlanta. Is it what? Why what, are you looking at me first? Um, Buckhead is really nice. Um, it's like the Beverly Hills of the South. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Jeremy's people are over there. You Jeremy's just say Jeremy's name, and they take care of you. Food and service, they got you. Um, I would say my top three cities. This is like an NBA, like yeah. top three NBA yeah. cities. Um, New York, one. Love me yeah, some I New love, York. We had the four days in New York two seasons yeah. ago. That was nice. Here's here's crazy. Miami and Toronto are two. Like, I can't differentiate the two. I I'm, I would pick Toronto. Toronto is – and then yeah. i probably cap it off with L.A. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think you I'm don't qualified. Road I'm not road qualified trips. yet. I've no. only hit four or five. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> not enough. What, what – uh, What's our podcast uh, rating? Rated R, rated PG. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't Jeremy know what to give her. I didn't know what to PG, say. But I know I asked you that before. I was curious more for what Chris Miller would say because we've talked about what our favorite cities are when, oh. we, when we first started. Well, you asked me what my favorite things to do in Atlanta. I didn't yeah. know if there was parental oh, yeah, advisors. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know what Jeremy I, does I, in I Atlanta. Like, give us a couple of restaurants. I love the aquarium. You ever seen the movie Players Club? <laughs> <laughs> I love the aquarium. Right. The aquarium Man, is fun. I love the zoo. <laughs> the giraffes are so cute. Uh, Gus's. Gus's. Of, of course. Shout That's out to Gus's. Shout out to Gus's. Shout out to Gus's. Yeah. We got to go there one of these days. We're going tonight. Um, Wait, what? We're going tonight. Get off this podcast. Breaking dude. news so on the podcast. Breaking news on the podcast. We're going to Gus's. This will be uh, our check out. Check out all of our Chick-fil-A. Twitters and Instagram. Shout out to the sponsor, Chick Fil A. Shout out to Chick Fil A. Oh. Can't can't forget Chick Fil A. Big shout. Sponsors this podcast? No, no, no. But they're a, a, wizard a wizard sponsor. sponsor. A wizard sponsor. No, we are working. No, you sponsor. guys didn't hear what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chick Fil A sponsored <laughs> this podcast. Use code off the bench. We're working. On, we are in the hotel room. The last one we did, Pod DC. Yeah, they did invite us over to Pod DC. A lot of hotel rooms. Lately, we did nice. the Kelly Oubre podcast in one of their hotel rooms. Top three favorite road cities for me is probably L.A., San Fran, New York. Wow, San Fran. So y'all were there. I know we're going off a tangent. We can go on forever. I'm so jealous y'all were there when Game of Thrones. Didn't like in San Fran? Yeah, that was The fun. lights went out. Yeah. And the hotel electricity went out. And the Game of Thrones, the entire cast was staying at the same hotel and came that down into the lobby. That wasn't this year, was it? No, that, that was, was, a couple, that was like three year. years. Wow. That was two or two, three, three years, years ago. ago. 
Yeah, it was a while back, but that was a great story. I that, was dang, that I was a, see that. we were we were feeding pizza to Sansa Stark. <laughs> Let's shit. <laughs> was Jacob truth. there? No, he oh, was so mad. Oh wow! He yeah, that's like his thing. It was. A, it's a long. You know, it's for another podcast. But the yeah. power went out. They ordered us all pizza and the Game of Thrones staff. They had just done a premiere for like season four or wow. five. I got a great podcast topic for you. Coming okay. off of that is biggest celebrities you've ever bumped into on the road. Let's do it now. Does it have to be that we bumped into? Because I have a great story. You mean anybody? Okay, Electra, who was our masseuse. She was working out in L.A. And Scarlett, I always mess it up. Is Yo it Johansson? Yo- Johansson was working out in the same wow. little little mini gym. It was like the size of this room. And they were both just pumping the iron together. Oh, and I was like, wow. oh, man. Out of all the people that out. travel with the team, it's just Electra. Yes, it's the Electra. One, like, one of the only the females that travel with the That's team. That's crazy. And she gets to, to work out with Scarlett Johansson. Okay, who you got, Chris? I bumped started. into uh, when we were in uh, New York. What's my the lady from Blackish? Uh, Diana Ross's daughter. Oh, oh what's, really? What's, what's Diana Shoot, Ross? What is uh, How am I forgetting her name? Dad went to check out IMDb. Google's a great resource. Oh, Diana Ross's daughter. Something Ross. What the oh. Tracy, uh, Tracy. Tracy Ellis Ross. Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. So. You know, me being the mayor of Debonair and being so suave, coming <laughs> off the bus, looking big boy, right? I, You know, the door opens, and the only thing that was missing was, like, smoking, like, music. Because I saw her, and I was like, oh! And I was like, there she is, Blackish! <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, she was really nice, good yeah. people. And I was just kind of, like, starstruck for a minute, and yeah. I was just like, that's Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were here... Um, la up uh, the season opener when we were here in Atlanta to start the season. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Actor, uh, of course, of course, I'm actor. What is his name? What was he? Uh, he was in. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about because I yeah. kept saying his name. Remember, <laughs> you were like, okay. I'm like, no, that's I him. Think it was Omar Epps. Omar Epps. Omar oh, Epps. saw Omar Epps and like literally bumped into him in the elevator. You know, like literally, like, oh my, yeah. my bad. And then I look down because, of course, he's shorter than I am. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm Wilt Chamberlain or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, excuse me. I said, oh, wow. You know you, you, you know how you like look, you pause, and then yeah. you point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I was like, oh, man, I re- respect your work, man. Great. And he's yeah, like, yeah. thank you. I'm like, you probably get that a lot, don't you? Yeah. He goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> he had sunglasses on when it was, you know, light out. I'm like, what are you, John Wall? <laughs> John, John, John with the shades. All the time. But to his credit, he's like me in that it bothers me with migraines. So when people right. see me in my office, because yeah. I do have a, a window office with the sun, if I have on sunglasses or inside anywhere with light, if it hits my eyes, I could be done and it'd be dark for like yeah. 24 hours. So I do that. Okay, mine on the road was Lala in Madison Square Garden. Oh, no. We were walking. I think okay. the timing's not good on this one. <laughs> the timing's not good. I think we're out of time. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> Your boy's going to have to cut a check. <laughs> That's gonna be a big check, Jeremy. Stay mellow. Stay like, mellow. I was like, I was like who don't is forget that? the seven. And then she kept getting close. I was like, who's? I was like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, wow. But then Jamie Foxx when he came to Verizon Center and shout out to Brett Greenberg. I I interviewed Jamie. I think you did in the get mm-hmm. in the broadcast. Yeah. I interviewed him a little bit after. And then he was like, what's your name again? I was like, Jamoke. So I still have it on my phone. Brett will play it all the time. 
This is Jamie Foxx. Jamoke! Jamoke! <laughs> That's just screaming at everybody in the arena. It's like, what is I he talking it. about? Why isn't that the so intro to this podcast? Yes, right, right, right. <laughs> I have it on my phone. I'll have to pull it up. Okay, okay. Zach, anything uh, on the road? Not anything. on the road, uh, but, you know, in the stadiums, you know, Larry Bird when we were in Indianapolis, guys like Bird. that. You know, you see big names of opponents. And, I mean, Grant Hill with the Hawks just the other day. I think a lot of basketball guys, but I haven't run into many actors or actresses really. Wow! Come on, Jeremy, uh, bring up the rear. It's really Jeremy. I, I, I'm though. not starstruck as a, as a big star being on this pod and <laughs> all my road. Humble track. brag. Just, What's crazy about him is if you know Jeremy, you know he totally doesn't mean it, but the way he says it, you're like, dude, this guy's. His swag we'll, is on one hundred, right? We'll get we'll get Big Poppy to walk through here, and then Jeremy will have the biggest smile on his face you'd ever. Oh, he seen. might pass out. Actually, yeah. that's his guy right there. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. I'd like to see. Maybe Ooh. he's an Atlanta guy from Dancing we'll with the Stars. Him. Would you talk him back into coming back? We'll see if he wants to come back for another year. Play for the Wiz. Um, the Patriots. Yeah, you but know, that's no, I mean, know. we've seen you see people now and then, now and then around, but. Uh, I don't have like one great story. For, oh come on, Jeremy! You. Uh, Jamoka, your story Jeremy. about Otto seeing Lionel Messi was pretty yes, good. Yes, yeah. So remember when when the Argentinian yeah, uh, yeah, soccer yeah. team was there? Otto could not talk. He literally because <laughs> the team was on the practice court, the uh, the national team, and Messi and them were playing basketball. And Otto comes onto the onto the practice court, and he just has his hand up against his mouth. His jaw is wide open. I'm just like Otto. He's like. I, I can't talk. Like, this is just amazing. I think Messi is the greatest player. And I'm like, you're playing in the NBA. Like, No, he's a huge fan of soccer. I, yeah. I can see that. I can and see literally that. to see the emotion out of him meeting Messi was just, it was just crazy. It's funny. It Real quick crazy. about Otto. And it's, I just didn't realize this until really like this year. I think we were in San Antonio and struck up a conversation about like hip hop. That guy is a huge J. Cole fan. Yeah. Like, yeah. huge J. Cole fan. And I bet you, like, if J. Cole came <laughs> it came into, like, the practice court and started shooting, probably Otto would yeah. be like that, too. Yeah. But Otto's, like, really quiet. But he, when you talk to him about stuff outside of basketball, and I think yeah. that's the case really with really players. Like, you, know, you get tired of getting asked about, we can roll defense and yeah, rebounding. Yeah. He's so smart and so into, like, the hip hop game and just like what the messages really are in it when he was talking about J. Cole it was really an interesting conversation with Otto and like now anytime there's like new music coming out he keeps me young I'm like what's the new stuff that's out now <laughs> he was telling me about Kendrick I'm like oh no I knew about Kendrick uh, <laughs> but I won't listen to no Migos <laughs> <laughs> the, whole t- the whole team like you had Brandon Jennings who's a big music guy John of course mm-hmm. got his nephew yeah. Brad's been really into Migos I know so uh, they they could probably talk for days in that locker yeah. about music. All right, that's another podcast. We're going to do that yeah. another day. I hope you all enjoyed this, Wiz Kids, our D.C. family. Hopefully we'll see some of you in Atlanta. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for Chris Miller from Comcast Sportsnet. You hear this? Joining this is his chips that cost $9,000. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> for Zach Rosen and Jeremy Hobbit, I'm Jamal K. Davis. Ciao for now.